Amen. So I was in Sunday service this morning, and the whole time I'm telling myself, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> Today, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to come up here, and I'm going to deliver the word without shedding a tear in my eye. Amazing worship this morning, and it is so good to see all of you here. We have a full house. Why don't we just give the Lord a round of applause? Isn't God just great? Amen. Father, Lord, we just commit this time into your hands. Lord, I pray what is going to be said will resonate in our hearts, will stick with us. Lord, I pray that it, that it will bring conviction. Lord, I pray that we will walk in the holy habits that you have set out for us. Bless and anoint each and every single one of us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So who's been blessed by these holy habits series so far? Hands up. I, my life has been transformed. We heard about loving, we heard about giving, we heard about serving, and now we're going to hear our last one, grow. You may be thinking, that is not a holy habit, but I want to challenge us all today to let us know that growth is a holy habit. And growth from ages of little to the age of 18 happens naturally, right? Agreed? But spiritual growth is a choice that is made a choice that comes out of the willingness to surrender your will, your plans, your desires to His will. Growth is a choice that comes from a birth within inside of you where you just want to give it all to Him. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Peter 4 verse 1. This is from the New Living Translation. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had, and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Now the context of this, Peter is writing to the Gentiles that are living in Eastern Asia at around AD 60. And these guys are Gentiles, and they are struggling with coming to Christ because they are being neglected and suffering rejection because of their newfound belief in Christ. It reminds me of today. We're living in a world where we are rejected and neglected for being a Christian. So Peter's writing to them saying, hey, you know what? Stay strong. Stay firm in the word. Do not go back to your old ways. If you suffer rejection, persecution, if you die for Jesus, it is a good thing. Awesome. I just want to take us to the first bit in the message as well, a different translation. It says this, since Jesus went through everything you were going through and more, comparing that with the NLT version, Jesus is going through everything we have gone through and more. So first things first, what is suffering? Suffering is going through or undergoing distress, hardship, or undergoing pain. And for everyone, that could be different. It could be physically or emotionally. And something that I have learned is that suffering can bring you three things, or will bring you three things in the right way. Suffering for Jesus will bring you, number one, pain. Number two, it'll bring you purpose. And number three, it will bring you freedom. First point, let's get right into pain. Jesus went through excruciating pain. Our Lord and Savior was put on the cross. A spear pierced his belly. His best friends betrayed him. His friends died. He cried. He went through everything we are going through and more. He was whipped by a lead-tipped spear. And in my opinion, he probably went through the worst death 
ever. If you picture everything, imagine yourself in his place, it would be worse than being burnt alive, which everyone would agree with would be really horrible. So first things first, Jesus went through pain. Next part in the scripture, it says this, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. When we arm ourselves, it's like being a soldier. A soldier will go into the armory and they will get ready for war. We are in a spiritual war at the moment, amen? Amen? So what I do is when I wake up now, when I'm going through my pain, I will equip myself with the word of God. I will say, Lord, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Lord, that I may have 10,000 at my right and 1,000 on my left, but I will not be harmed. Lord, I'm going through a lot right now, but with you, I can do all things. Lord, as I travel through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and staff will comfort me and I will prosper because you prospered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The last part of this verse, if we could go back to the scripture, please. The last part of this verse in the NLT, it says, for if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. I didn't get it. I was reading it. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I go, what does that mean? Then I turned to a different translation in the Amplified. This really stuck out to me, this last bit in the Amplified version. It says this, because whoever has suffered in the flesh, bracket, being like-minded with Christ is done with, bracket, intentional sin, having stopped pleasing the world. That put me at a pause. I was like, wow, that makes so much sense now. We may unintentionally sin day to day by our thoughts, by, by our actions unknowingly, but intentionally sinning when you were told not to do something, when I was told not to do something by mom and dad, son, do not open your Christmas present before Christmas, November, I open the Christmas present, I get a smack, the present goes in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Intentional sin. Son, do not steal. I went to the warehouse, stole. My mom gave me a hug, found what I stole. Back to the warehouse. I'm sorry, here it is. That is intent, I was intentionally sinning. And something I learned with that is saying no to sin can be painful. Saying no to the flesh can be painful. Saying no when I'm driving the car and someone cuts me off and I want to think and say some things, is hard, right? Can I, someone agree with me here this morning? Saying no to sin can be painful. But the beauty about this is, is when you obey and go through that pain of saying no, there is something greater on the other side. My first sub point of this morning is things grow when things die. I see, as, I see it like a scale, you know, um, you know when you're in, um, you see those balanced scales in like the judge courtroom. When my spirit is high, my flesh is low, but when my flesh starts to come up, when my selfishness starts to kick in, when my um, fears start to kick in, my insecurities start to kick in, it slowly brings the spirit down. When my anger kicks in, <laughs> amen, amen. John chapter 15, verse 2. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Verse four, remain in me and I 
will remain in you. Choose to grow and he will grow you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse six, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Verse 11, Jesus is saying, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow because you didn't choose me, I chose you, and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Amen, amen, Jesus chose us. And that can be a, that is an amazing thing, but it's a painful thing. It is a painful thing because in verse two, it says that he will cut fruit of mine that does, cut branches of mine that does not produce fruit. My first series of pain came in 2020 when I made the best, worst decision of my life to do internship at Expression Church. 2019, I was at a conference in Australia. I was at Planet Shakers Conference, and I just knew deep down that I was supposed to do something with Jesus. Just was there. It was not leaving me. Every time I would come into a place, it was there. So I come back to New Zealand, and I say, hello, Pastor Peter, how are you? I feel like I should go to Australia and go to ministry school there. And he said, no, 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 you're not going to Australia. You stay here, do internship with me. So I said, great, <laughs> sounds good. And the, for the first few months, I thought I was the holiest of holies. I thought I was the absolute man, that I got everything down and that I was free, which I was, and I was all these things. I thought I was all these things. And slowly, a pen was put in me. <laughs> and I started to deflate. <laughs> I was a big puffed up balloon and Jesus crushed me. <laughs> he put a big fat vice and he twisted me up through internship. I thought I was doing everything. I thought I was making the church a place where, where I, was, I was behind the scenes doing everything. Everything for me was like 10 hours. It wasn't everything. People dedicate 120 hours to full-time ministry in the church and building some things. I was crying because I was doing 10 hours. And in my head, my attitude thought that I was the man. It was wrong. And I was called incredibly selfish. And my bubble burst. And I thought, how could this be? I'm doing this, 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 this. But in reality, it was nothing because my attitude wasn't right. So I went through pain. I went, I cried. I went, my whole world was being twisted up. I was confused. All this was brought out during internship. I had FOMO. 
All my friends are going out having fun. All my friends are going to university. And I'm here at church while working full time, building the kingdom. And at some times you think, wow, I really don't want to be here today. I'm doing the same thing, doing the same devotion. I'm learning everything and everything's going in and it's going straight out. Why am I here? It was painful. I learned so much. Through my life, I went through pain with friendships. From ages three to about 15, I felt that no one loved me, that no one liked me, that no one cared about me. I thought I was ugly, fat, and annoying constantly. (laughs) Amen. My friends at school would bully me. I bought a new pair of shoes, and I'm like, everyone check these out. They all said they were not good shoes. (laughs) I thought they were my friends. I would do things to please them. Guys, I got money. You want lunch? (laughs) Oh, yeah, bro, you're the man. (laughs) And so I escaped. I withdrew. I started finding comfort in things that weren't good. I started finding comfort in video games and in the world. And because I was feeling so much rejection, so much pain, feeling unloved, I felt my parents didn't love me at one point because they didn't buy me Lego. (laughs) And then I'd say things to them that were not good. And then I'd get another smack. And I'd cry more. And I... (laughs) So I struggled with rejection my whole life up until about 16. Then I made some friends and um, I was betrayed. My best friend at the end of year eight punched me in the face for no reason. And I still don't know why to this day and neither does he. I messaged him about it like two years ago. And he said, sorry, I don't know why I did that. And I said, me neither. Cool, move on. But the thing is, is that I feel that I went through this pain because if I didn't go through this pain, I wouldn't be here today. If I didn't go through this pain of rejection, I wouldn't be here today because I wouldn't need Jesus if I didn't go through pain. Amen? This brings me to point number two. Purpose. There is a pain in the purpose. I love this. 1 Peter 4 verse 2 says this. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, going out, Traveling the world, this is me wanting to travel the world, go out, buy what I want, doesn't matter. I just got, I got my money, so I'll spend my money and have nothing to be saved and then ask mom and dad for money. Amen. <laughs> but you will be anxious to do the will of God. And I love that. Some, some of us may not like the word anxious, but I think of it like this. We are, I feel that times we're anxious in the world. Oh, what do I do? What will they think? Um, how am I dressed? Uh, Pastor Peter, do I look good this morning? Um, how does my hair look? Um, do I smell? Um, Mom, dad, what do you think about me doing this, 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 that? And you can become quite anxious and worried about what you want to do with your life in your own way. And I found that. But to be anxious to do the will of God, this occurred in my life when I went through pain because I realized I needed my Savior. I realized I needed Jesus. So now it's, Lord, 
What do I do? What do I do? Oh my goodness, I do not want to let you down. You are my holy father. You are the one who will make a way where there's no way. What do you desire for me to do? I'm worried because I do not want to displease your plan for my life. And I really admire a man called Job. He knew his purpose before his trial, during his trial, and after his trial. This is not on the screen. There was once a man named Job, and he lived in the land of Uz, King James Version. Whose, that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. That word shunned just says it all. When I read that word shunned, it's like evil. Ooh, go away. <laughs> Sin, ooh, shunned. <laughs> Temptations, nah. <laughs> Anger, mm-mm, I ain't that. <laughs> I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he shuns evil. His purpose was to worship and praise our heavenly father. The number one thing that he did is he feared God. He knew that was his purpose. During, I want to take us to Job 121. It says this. After Job went through a bunch of crazy things, he went through a lot. He lost everything. And we may think when we lose everything, it's everything. No, he literally lost everything. All his money, all his family, and he was left alone and very very sad, but I love this. He says, Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head, fell to the ground and worship. He said, naked I come from my mother's womb and naked I will be when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had. The Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And I go, wow. He knew his purpose during his trials was to worship. He knew his purpose was to fear the Lord. Number two was to worship. Afterwards, Job chapter 42, verse 10, not on the screen. He knew his purpose after. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. So when I read all this, I go, Job's purpose was to worship. Job's purpose was to fear the Lord. And Job's purpose was to pray for other people. Amen? Before, during, and after and I admire Job. He stuck through God and he went through literally H-E, double hockey sticks, okay? <laughs> and he remained faithful, even though all his friends abused him, accused him, lied, he still remained faithful to God. And that just brings me back to our key scripture. So then Christ suffered physical pain. We ourselves must arm ourselves with that same attitude. Lord, I don't know what to do. Fear me. Lord, I don't know what to do right now with my life. Worship me. Lord, I don't know what to do about my friends. Pray for them. Amen? Walking in purpose will, one, walking in God's will will, one, give you purpose. Two, reveal your purpose. And three, remind you of your purpose. In my life, I had to learn that I had to walk in God's will. Because if I'm not, I will forget one, two, and three. Right? I would forget what my purpose is when I get lost. That's why I got lost, because I forgot my purpose. I found my purpose from being forced and positioned in the right places. Lockdown last year, Pastor Peter invited me to his house. What can you do? You're trapped. <laughs> You're living with the pastor. Everything I thought I could get away with, I couldn't. He knew. Joseph. What are you doing? Um, what do you mean? No, don't do it. Okay. 
Joseph, give me your phone. Okay, have a look. These things happened to remind me of my purpose. I went through pain doing the dishes <laughs> to be reminded of my purpose because my world isn't just about me. I work, I come home, oh, I'm tired, I don't wanna do the dishes, I don't care, I just wanna do my thing, kick my legs up, watch Netflix, watch YouTube, play video games. <laughs> yes, I did, that is the truth. And I found myself coming into a place where I would read my Bible every day. On the Bible app, I've got a nice streak on there, right? But the motive wasn't to read the Word, it was to keep my streak going. I still listened to worship music, I still prayed, but the motives were right because I didn't want to do what was wrong, but because the motive was wrong, it didn't make sense. I wouldn't listen to what I used to listen to, I'd listen to worship music, but I wasn't really worshiping, I would just do it just to feel like I get a tick from God, but that was not the reality. So I had to go through pain, I had to go through trials that were significant for me to be reminded of my purpose, so that when I had to do the dishes, I go, why? Why? When I get rejected by my friends, when I go through heartbreak, when I go through um, anxiety, when I get nervous, when I'm in bed crying because I don't know what's next, I'm pushed into my purpose. Growth comes in pain and it comes in purpose. And when I decided to finally say enough is enough and be done with intentional sin and be done with the world, I found myself in point three, freedom. 1 Peter 4.12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you were going through as if something strange were happening to you. Oh Lord, I don't know what's happening to me now. I have to go to church every Sunday. I have to do this and I have to pray for people and I have to evangelize. Oh goodness, right? That's how I feel sometimes. Lord, why am I suffering? Lord, verse 13, instead be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ and his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. Amen. King James Version says it's instead rejoice. <laughs> rejoice. When I think of the word rejoice, it's like this. Rejoice. <laughs> I'm going through my trials. I'm going to jump around. I'm going to rejoice and be happy. No, I don't think to do that. But I need to because when I do, I will become partners with Christ. When I'm insulted for bearing the name of Jesus, when I'm rejected, when people spit on me, not literally, but with their words, when they shut me down, when people don't love me or care about me, I need to walk in that freedom because there is no shame in Christ. Amen. Amen. How did I find my freedom and growth from this? How did I find my freedom and growth from this. 20 years I've been a Christian, 20 years. I can confidently say that for the past six months I've been doing my best to live it daily. But it wasn't like that for the last 19 years. So how did I find 
true freedom. Because to see, the thing is, when I had these chains on me, and when I was doing what I was doing, I could still pray for people with these chains on me. I could still lay hands on people. I could still walk. I could still get on my knees and say, Lord, here I am to worship you. But there was something still there. This chain. I could still prophesy. I could still sing, la, 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 la. I could still worship. I could still dance with joy. I could still show generosity to people. And I could still come on here every Sunday and lift my hands. And I could still play drums. I could still do everything with this. But it was weighing me down. This was weighing me down. Do you know what this is? This was my insecurities. This was my rebellious nature. This was my fears. This was my anxiety. This was my rejection. And I was carrying it around with me. I had a chain on my chest. (laughs) I was carrying it around with me. And the thing is, is that when I finally realized because of pain and my purpose, the devil didn't put this chain on me. The devil doesn't tangle you with the chain. Come here. The devil doesn't do that. He says, look, Joseph, insecurity. We seem to, I seem to grab it. Look, temptation. The devil didn't come at me with a chain. He came at me with a choice. He came at me with a choice. He comes at us with a choice. Go internship or go do your own thing. I did both. I still had the chain. I was at a pastor's conference last year, Unleashed. It was amazing. I loved it. And a guy gave me a prophetic word. His name was Alistair. He was the man. He said to me, that scripture, you cannot be in two worlds. I said, hang on a second. I'm not in two worlds. Who do you think you are? That was my thinking. I couldn't believe that I was at a pastor's conference and someone was praying for me and said, I'm in two worlds. That doesn't seem right. How can I be in two worlds? Do you, uh, look, look where I am today. I could be in town. I could be in Australia. I could be wherever I want to be. Right? But he said that to me. But deep down, I knew that this was still on me. Deep down, I knew that this was still here. I knew that insecurity was there. I still knew that my habits were wrong. I still knew it. And it was just sitting there. Then I finally decided, end of last year, I'm going to throw this chain away. Because if the chain is a choice, I'm going to choose to throw it out of my life. I decided I'm going to read the word every single day. And I'm going to bathe in his presence every single day. I wish I had pliers right now just to cut a link at a time, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of wasting my time on useless things like playing video games or money heist come out and watch the whole series, I decided to sacrifice some things because it wasn't going to grow me. It was not 
going to grow me. It wasn't going to grow me going out Saturday before church with my friends. I didn't do anything wrong, but the idea of it wasn't still right. It wasn't going to grow me. It wasn't going to do anything good. So I started to say no. More rejection comes. Joseph, you weirdo, what are you doing wasting your whole life at church? They just want to take your money. (laughs) You don't get it. They don't, guys. Jesus loves you as well. (laughs) So my friendships start to waver. It's different when I see my friends now. But that was because I had to make a choice. Because if I stay with them, I will become like them, and then I'll be strangled with this chain. I used to hate reading. Try read books now instead of playing video games. (laughs) To learn something. And I'll be honest. I found freedom in reading godly books. I found freedom in it because it touched subjects that no one else would touch that was special to me. And I found myself being free of worry and insecurity. I would always, my motive in my heart is to have everyone like me. I had to get a reality check and learn, not everyone is gonna like you. Not everyone's gonna like you, Joseph. People are gonna think you're weird and strange. People are going to think what you say is silly. People are going to think what you do is dumb. And they just won't like you because of what you drive or or, or what you're doing in life. I said, Lord, you love me though. You love me. You care for me. You appreciate me. You hold me in your hand. I will walk in your purpose and be done with my sin, be done with my shame, be done with everything and kick that chain out of my face because I'm deciding to position myself to be intentional, to go through my pain so that I can learn my purpose so that I can constantly walk in freedom in Christ. Amen. We need, to, we need to capture these holy habits that we need to love, we need to give, we need to serve and because of this, we are going to grow. Biblical suffering brought me through pain, brought me through purpose, and then I captured what it means to be free. That little thing weighing in my heart that was always ticking at times was finally gone. I could confidently shake people's hands in church and say, I'm living free this year. (laughs) I said that for 20 years. It was a lie. I wasn't living free. I wasn't walking free. I know what I did when I left church. When I was a child, I was told being a Christian was easy. Son, all you have to do is believe in Jesus. All you have to do is pray, and your name will be written in the book of life. That's not wrong, by the way. That is true. Mom and dad never told me that I had to live a life of daily sacrifice, that I had to live a life of saying no to things that I desperately wanted to do. Eat all the Easter egg chocolates before Easter when I was like eight years old. Mum still reminds me. Secretly punch my sister. (laughs) Wake up at 2 a.m. when dad specifically said, no video games, son. 
jump on the computer. He came out once. <laughs> I never did that again. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> Being a Christian is living a life of daily sacrifice, a daily sacrifice of loving not only other people, but loving yourself, loving myself, loving that I've got a bald head and I've got blue green eyes or hazel eyes and I'm six foot and I've got hands and, I've, and I'm built the way I am, loving myself. A life of praying daily, a life of serving daily, a life of worshiping daily, waking up in the morning, starting fresh. Another thing that really set me free was declaring scripture over my life. Being devoted to the word and sharing the word with other people praying scary prayers. We all love to pray, Lord, bless me, make me rich. <laughs> Lord, I know you want me to have a Ferrari. <laughs> Lord, you say, follow in thy will and all these things shall be added unto you. A mansion in her and they would be good. <laughs> Lord, send me to where you want to send me, to New York so I can preach the gospel there. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to Somalia. <laughs> Pray prayers like, stretch me, Lord. Break me, Lord. Break my heart for what breaks yours, Lord. Teach me and show me something new, Lord. Kill my flesh, this desire to do things that aren't good. Set me free from it, Lord. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, has defeated death, amen. He defeated death and he set me free. He always set me free but we have to walk in freedom. I had to walk in that freedom and grasp it. As I was preparing, I do not know who this is for, but I feel that there is some people here today that are praying for a miracle that seems impossible. Every night, praying for something to come to pass and it is not happening. I want to urge you, do not give up. Jesus has caught your prayer. He's holding on to it. The rain is coming. <laughs> the rain is coming. Stay strong. Be steadfast. There is a pain in growth. Growing pains. We all had that when we were children. There is a pain. There is a purpose. But there is a freedom. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for what you have done this morning. Lord, I pray that each and every single one of us will have a desire to grow from within. Lord, that we will not give up, that we will not wither, that we will not faint, Lord, but that you will carry us on eagle wings, Father. I pray that we will soar into what you have for us, Lord. I pray that we will soar high. And Lord, I pray that for those of us that are going through pain, that are discovering our purpose, Lord, I pray that each and every single person here today will know that you are with them. And if you are for them, who could be against them? Lord, I pray for freedom and in Jesus' mighty name, amen.